0: Brilliant, it is great to see each and every single one of you and uh, let me just echo what Taffy said this morning, It's um, our heart is welcome home towards you, whether you are here for your hundredth time or whether you're here for the very first time. And uh, if you are brand new to us this morning or uh, you haven't yet filled out one of these cards, then um, please just take a moment to do so and hand it to one of the amazing hosting team. They're the ones with the team t-shirts on this morning and uh, they'll be able to not only give you a gift, but just tell you a little bit about who we are here at Family Church. So a massive welcome to you. If you've got your Bible, with you turn it to uh, Mark chapter 6. Um, we're going to get there in just a moment, but if you have it ready, Mark chapter 6 is where we're going to um, begin. And we are um, journeying through this series. If you've been around, you'll know that we are looking at the 12 family values that make us who we are as a church family, as a church community. We've spoken a lot about every family Um, whether it's spoken about or not really has values that guides and shapes the culture of what they want to see and who they are um, as a family unit and so it is with us as a church community. Um, you know, these 12 values really are saying this is the kind of community and church family that we want to be across all the different uh, congregations and locations that we have. Remember, we're one church in different um, places across the South Coast and in the Philippines. And across all those locations, we're saying this is who we want to be. And so, so far, we've looked at uh, a number of them. We've talked about being Christ-centered And remember, we said that really these values aren't in any particular order of importance apart from that one, that we are Christ-centered above all else. Jesus comes first, and Jesus is center place in everything that we're about, everything that we do, and everything that we want to um, see. So we're Christ-centered, we're Bible-believing, we've looked at that, we're a Bible-believing community, we've spoken about the fact that we are spiritual, and all these um, messages are available for you to catch up online, and then... We spoke last week about the fact that we are servant-hearted. Now, some of you um, off the back of last week's message wondered whether we were going to have a mass foot-washing ceremony this morning. You'll be very glad to know that uh, that's not happening. It's not like we're ending and an then, right, enter the car park and get your shoes and socks off. We won't be doing that. And if you're like, what on earth are you going on about listen to last week's message? And uh, we spoke about how Jesus redefined greatness. But I want to stay in the flow of that today as we look at our next value Because I want to talk about this morning the fact that we are honourable. We are honourable. The tagline, as you see up there, says, Giving honour where God says it is due. So at Family Church, as a church community, we value this principle of honour. Now, this may be a principle that seems somewhat old school nowadays. You don't see it outworked so much. But let me tell you, it's a value that is biblical. And it's a value that God... Loves. Yeah, it's a value that is constantly losing its appeal in our world today, right? It doesn't take a genius to work out, that that's a reality. It doesn't take you long when you pick up a newspaper and read an article or flick through social media for five minutes, watch television for any amount of time. And you will see that in today's culture, honour is in short supply. Honour seems to be losing its grip on our modern day society as our world becomes ever more dishonourable, right? In, in schools... And in families, we read of dishonor and hear of dishonor. In marriages, we witness dishonor and the breaking down of relationships. In the workplace, we encounter dishonor. This is an age where it's fashionable to mock any leader of any kind. This is a time where it sells to destroy reputations. And it feels like we've reached a stage in which nobody of any sort of ilk is is protected from being criticised and damaged and dishonoured in one way or another? Not the government, not teachers, not spouses, not parents. On a whole, on the whole, we're surrounded by a culture of dishonour. And yet, as God's people. We don't want to be drawn into a cultural fault, amen? We, we don't want to live exactly as the world lives around us because God's kingdom shows us a different way to what the world would teach us today. You see, God's kingdom is a kingdom of honour and honouring others is a kingdom principle and a family church value. So today we're going to explore this together. We're going to look at what this means for us individually and some some heart surgery again today in terms of how God wants us to live, but also how this affects us as a church community. Now, as I said, sadly, in this society, in this country in which we're living today, dishonor seems to be on the rise, honor seems to be in short supply. Yet, actually, when you travel around the world and go to different countries and different cultures, and you may know this to be true, the reality is that there are cultures where honour, they've remained and maintained the ethos of honour, right from the big stuff right to the tiny little details. In fact, in many nations and countries, even how you greet each other is a sign of honour. So in Japan, and I'm not going to pronounce this right, so if you're a fluent Japanese speaker, just put your fingers in your ears this morning. But in Japan, said with my Pompey accent, the ajigi, I'm sure it's not actually called that, (laughs) But that's how it's spelled. So via jiggy is the is the Japanese way of greeting each other, a sign of honor. Uh, and basically, the lower... I was trying to do this, but actually my knees are in such a shape that I probably wouldn't... No, but God's healed them, so it's okay. So the lower you bow and the longer you bow for, the more honor you are showing to the person that you are greeted in that moment. And all around the world, there are all these different greetings that are a sign of honor, some which border on a little bit of a bizarre. So in Greece, you have back-slapping. So when you greet somebody, and that's kind of okay with some people, you do that yourself. So you greet each other and you give a back slap. In Mon- Mongolia, you exchange a pipe. Um, not so much done in heaven, but in Mongolia, you exchange a pipe. Slightly stranger territory, now mori, some press their noses together while closing their eyes. I was going to get you to do this before the message, but I thought actually, by the time I preached, nobody would actually be in the room. In Oman... <laughs> Try this one in a Lee Park pub. In Oman, after a handshake, men might add a kiss on the nose. I dare you, this week, in a Lee Park pub, to say I'm originally, you may not know this, I'm originally from Oman, so let me give you the Oman greeting. But Taiwan, this is probably my favourite, Taiwan, the traditional greeting is, have you eaten? I want to be in a land (laughs) where the traditional greeting of honour... When you first meet somebody, is have you eat it. That could lead to so many great opportunities in Taiwan. And then my favorite, in Tuvalu. Now, this could completely transform your Christmas experience. In Tuvalu, an island in the Pacific Ocean, relatives press a face to a cheek of the other and sniff deeply. I mean, s- some of you, you, you're picturing Christmas now. There's some relatives... That It wouldn't be comfortable, but you kind of go with it. There's some Let's not name them today, but there's some relatives you do not want to be embracing and sniffing deeply. And I'll just leave you with that picture as we go through the rest of the message. Now, we might not go as far as some of those greetings at Family Church, you'll be pleased to know. But we do want to be a people who are known for how we honour those that God has called us to honour. So let's look at Mark chapter 6 and Let me just put this chapter into into context for you, and it's important you'll understand why. Just before what we're about to read, Jesus has been preaching to multitudes. He's been casting demons out of people. He's been healing people. He he even calms a storm. Nature itself, the wind and the waves, responds to his voice. This is all the kind of things that he's doing. After what we're about to read, he feeds 5,000 men plus women and children besides with five loaves and two fish. He heals a deaf and mute man. He, he, he does so many different things. He heals a blind man. The list goes on and on and on. So you've got all these incredible things before, all these incredible things afterwards, but sandwiched in between all of that are six verses in Mark chapter 6 where Jesus goes to his hometown. This is what it says, Mark 6, 1 to 4. Jesus left that part of the country and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown, The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Isn't he just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph and Judas and Simon and his sisters live right here among us? So they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Okay, what's going on in this moment? Here's what's going on. The nation of Israel had had a picture of who the Messiah would be. And so these people were waiting for the Messiah, and Jesus starts to perform all these miracles. Jesus begins to say, I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God, yet who he is doesn't match who they expected him to be, especially the fact that they grew up with him. Especially the fact that they went to the equivalent of school or whatever it would have been with him. Especially the fact that he was the one who made the cabinet that they purchased from him as a carpenter. This was the Jesus and they couldn't match up who Jesus was, who they knew and who he claimed to be and all the things that he was doing based on their expectation of the Messiah. And so in verse 4 it says this, And Jesus told them, A prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown, And among his relatives and his own family. Okay, let's just pause there for a moment. Jesus says, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his hometown or among his own family. Now that phrase, many translations have got the the word without honor. A prophet is without honor. That phrase means this, to dishonor and to treat as common or ordinary. And what is amazing as you read on is that Jesus has done all these miracles, all these amazing things. You read on further down and he's about to again do all these amazing things. Yet sandwiched in between of these six verses, because of the dishonor that they showed to Jesus, the Bible says he couldn't do for them what he actually desired and wanted to do. Because when we dishonor, it will cause us to miss out on what God intends for our life. Now on the flip side of this, to honor means this to value, to highly esteem, or to treat as valuable. So, so here's the two different thoughts, and if I can come up on the screen as they have been. To honor means this. To value, to highly esteem, or to treat as valuable. To dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. So here's a question that I want to pose to you this morning as we journey through our thoughts. Where do you need to recapture this principle of honor? In what area of your life or what relationship which part of you do you need to recapture the principle of honor and I'm asking that of us as individuals and I'm asking that of us as a church community where do we need to recapture this principle of honor is it in the workplace Is it in our marriages? Is it with our family? Is it with our friendships? Is it within the context of the church? Because yes, we are surrounded by a culture of dishonor. It's everywhere we look, but we're making the point God's kingdom is a kingdom of honor. And we want to be a people who aren't afraid to stand out from the norm and be known as a people who honor those who God has called us to honor. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of... Of this world the New Living Translation puts it this way don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world don't copy the behavior of everyone else that you see around you they may dishonor but we've been called to something different now that's all well and good and we've launched into this and talked about honor and that's all well and good but here's the reality as I speak about honor I know that for some of you this great I know that for some of you, instantly, you, you feel like this doesn't sit comfortably with me. And here's why. Here's why it's a whole lot easier to talk about these things than to actually live them out. Because honor doesn't come naturally. Just as we said of servant heartedness last week, honor calls for selflessness. And the truth is, so often, as we said last week, we, we want to be about us and our needs. So often in life, we want the honor, we want to be the ones that are served. And it starts off at a young age, right? If you've ever been around kids, you'll know that they struggle to honor one another above themselves. If you've ever been, give me a show of hands if you've ever been to a park with any young children or, or young people, right? You know that moment. They don't stand there and. I've never been to a park with my three girls and, and the kids are stood there going, oh, do you know what, you, do you want to go, I, I've seen you, you want to go on the swing swings, you go before me, I'll just stand back, you enjoy your moment, I'll take a photo of you and then I, you can, have, I can have a go after you, you, you never see order. what you see is chaos, what you see is wood chip everywhere, what you hear is screaming, you can tell I love going to the park, What? What? all this <laughs> stuff is happening, why, because they're kids, they want it to be about them, they want to be self-serving but guess what, as adults we may not go to the park as often but we struggle to grow out of that we still make life about us and our needs and what we want it can be hard to grow out of wanting to be the receiver of honor and not the giver we so often want to be served not to be the one serving and as we spoke of last week even Jesus' disciples got this wrong to the point where he gathered them together and he explained the greatest is the one who knows how to serve Paul later put it this way Romans 12 verse 10 Honour one another above yourselves. So one of our family values is that we are honourable. But how is that outworked? Because it's fine to talk about it, but how is that practically outworked in our lives? And I believe when we talk about this, there are three important directions that we need to look at this morning. Up, alongside, and out. Up, alongside, and out. And I'll explain what I mean by that. I believe we're to first and foremost honour honour God. Are we in agreement with that this morning? Our incredible God, the great God, the one who saved us and rescued us through his grace, the one who loves us unconditionally. But then we're to also honour each other and then we're also to honour the world around us who don't yet know God, the, the community, the lost, the ones who don't know of the love of Jesus Christ. And I believe that there is an order to that. Because our honour of God has to come first. If we don't honour God above all else, we've kind of lost the plot. If we're honouring other people but we don't honour God, then we have it all in the wrong order and in the wrong way. We have to honour God first and foremost for who he is in our lives. But then we won't transform the area around us, around this community, if we don't first know how to honour one another. I don't believe we can go out and have an impact in the world that God has placed us in if we don't know how to honour and love one another as a church community. Jesus said this, but by the love that we have for one another, that's how the world will know that we're his disciples. Not by how many qualifications we have in biblical studies, by how we love one another that will be proof of our discipleship so we have to honor one another why because honor brings strength amen honor brings unity honor means that we're a people committed to truly honoring God and honoring each other and then I believe in the hands of God this group of people are capable of being used by God to transform this community that he has placed us in but there's got to be an order to that so let's look at those three directions as we grapple with the question that I asked Where do we need to recapture the principle of honor? So we start upwards. We start with God. Psalm 22, 23. Psalm 22, 23. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. Do we truly honor God? Now, when I ask that question, it can be so easy for us to go, yeah, yeah, like not indulge, Yeah, 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 I, I honor God. But let me probe that a little bit, as I did of myself as I prepared this message. Do we truly honor God? Remember, the true definition of dishonor means this, to treat as common or ordinary. And I believe it can be so simple and so easy to fall into the trap in our relationship with God to make him common or ordinary in our lives. Listen, at Family Church, we are... You know, committed to doing everything we can to make God accessible we are committed to removing every bit of religion that we can that would stop somebody from knowing God personally and the intimacy that he wants with them but in doing that hear me clearly we will never treat God as ordinary or common amen we will never cross that line because familiarity breeds contempt And don't misunderstand me. God wants an intimate relationship with each and every single one of us. He wants friendships with us. I think that's incredible. That the same God that we sang about this morning. The same God who, if he chose to, everything would collapse. He holds galaxies in the palm of his hand. He, he puts everything into space. He knows all the stars and gives each of them a name. That same God wants to know me personally. That same God wants to know me intimately. That same God has a plan and a purpose for my existence. That's an incredible thought. But here's the reality we need to grow. you can know him intimately but he's not your mate Jimmy from down the pub right he's your friend but he's also your Lord he is awesome now I know that in today's world we've got into this habit of naming like everything is awesome right even Lego movies everything is awesome and 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 somebody comes with a new oh your hoodie your hoodie is awesome Oh, oh, you know, it, it things like, I don't know, how to wobble pencil. You ever done that? Like, you do that with a pencil, it looks like, oh, that's awesome. No, it's not. It's okay. It's good. Wow, you can do it. But it's not awesome. And I know it's just a word. I know it's a phrase, but I'm getting at the heart behind this. That so often we devalue God and bring him into the normality of what we see in other things. Only God is truly awesome. Do you agree with me this morning? God is not common. God is not ordinary. He is incredible. And so above all else, we want to know what it truly means to honor God. Because here's a warning of over-familiarity and what dishonor can turn into. Isaiah 29:13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. I never want us to be a church community who honor God with our lips, who sing all these wonderful lyrics about who God is, but our hearts are far from him. Why? Because that's religion. That's going through the motions. That's doing stuff because your parents told you about God or your grandparents told you about God and so you're just following the family line. No, if our honour of God is genuine, if we truly value him and highly esteem him, then it will be shown in our worship. If we truly honour God, it will be shown in our worship. It will be shown in our mindsets. It will be shown in our actions and how we use our giftings and how we use our time and how we use our finances, all of the things that the Bible speaks of, that if we honour God, it will be evidence in the way that we live, including how we honour others. How we honour God has an effect on how we honour others. So who else does the Bible show us? It's due honour. Parents. Ephesians 6, 2-3. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's look at this verse. So if you're a parent here this morning, you've probably made your children memorise. And it's like just the go-to verse that you seem to have found in Ephesians chapter 6. But the Bible says we're to honour our parents. Now, let me say something at this point, and hear me very clearly when I say what I'm about to say. Honoring others will say more about you than the people you are choosing to honor. And there is, I believe, a difference between respect and honor. Honor is about what you decide to give, not what you believe that person deserves. Okay, respect is earned, but honor is given. Let me explain some of this. In 1 Peter 2, verse 17... Peter talks about honour. And he talks about honouring the king. And that king that he's talking about is King Herod Agrippa I, who was not only a very corrupt leader... But he also persecuted the church. He tried to even have Peter himself killed. And so Peter's not making the point, oh, respect the king, he's an awesome guy, he's incredible. No, 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 he's making the point he deserves to be honoured because he represents the office given to him by God. Honour says more about you and the choice that you are making than the person you choose to honour. Because when it comes to honouring your parents, you may say to me, if you knew... If only you knew my story, my journey, you wouldn't have the audacity to stand there and talk about honoring your parents. If, if you knew, and I don't want to belittle that because for some of you, you were abused at the hands of your parents. For some of you, there was complete disconnection and isolation and they were absent in your childhood. And I can't stand here and ignore that this morning, and just tell you if that's okay, how they behaved. That would be so wrong on me. So let me explain what honoring isn't. Honour isn't staying in relationship with somebody who will hurt you or for those for whom you're responsible. So to honour somebody doesn't mean that you allow yourself to continually get hurt over and over again. Honour is not never saying anything about somebody else's faults. We think that sometimes honour means that we can't speak up or we can't say certain things. That's not what honour is. Honour is not enabling someone to remain in sin Through silence and inaction. Honor is not thinking a person is wonderful when they're not. Understand, giving honor is a choice, not a feeling. So you can value your parent as a person, a person who gave you life, and yet not necessarily be in any type of relationship with him or her whatsoever, if that's not going to be helpful for your journey moving forward. Honoring a parent is about your attitude towards them. So the Bible talks about honoring... Our parents, but parents, before um, you suddenly get smug about this, let's look at the next verse. Ephesians 6 verse 4 says, Father, speaking to parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So, parents, we're to honor our children. Because remember, dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary, but to honor means to highly esteem, to value in your life. You say, "Well, how do I dishonor?" I believe there are some ways that we dishonor our kids. I believe, and I've been guilty of this: we dishonor our kids when we're always too busy for them. We dishonor our kids when, instead of talking about how they could have done things differently and how their way wasn't the way God would like us to move forward, we attack their and their identity with the words that we use. We dishonor them. Where do we need to recapture this principle of honor? The Bible says we're also to honor our spouses if we're married. So husbands and wives, let me challenge you this morning. Do you honor one another in the words that you use? Do you honor one another in the way that you are towards one another? Because honor will give a marriage life. Honor will give a marriage strength and longevity. But dishonor will tear a marriage apart. Dishonor will bring an end to a marriage that God intended. Do we need to recapture the principle of honor in our marriages? we Are okay this morning? I know this is hard-hitting, but it's got to be a reality. What about in our church community? Now, if some of you are offended, you're really going to be offended by what I say next, because the Bible says we're to honor church leaders. You're like, okay, how do I get out of this room without it being really obvious that I'm offended? 1 Timothy 5, verse 17, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Now, I could have avoided this bit altogether because... It's more comfortable for people, more comfortable for me. But we don't want to be a church that only preaches the bits that we want to preach. We want to preach the full counsel of God. And here's the reality. Here's why some people struggle with this. Because in some parts of the world in different cultures, including sometimes the UK, what the Bible instructs us to do to honour church leadership has actually crossed a line to worshipping church leadership, to idolising church leadership. Leadership And the Bible never called us to do that, yet we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, because clearly the Bible teaches us that we're to honor church leadership. That The reality is, when we dishonor church leadership and we devalue their biblical role in our lives, we miss out on what God wants to do through them in our lives. We're to honor each other. I always know this is a heart-hitting word when the room is just silent. We're to honor each other. Family church, we want to be a place where we take delight in honoring one another. Romans 12 verse 10 says this, love each other with genuine affection. We looked at this earlier, but different translation. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Let's be real for a moment. Do we come to church thinking, oh, it's going to be a good morning and I'm going to do my roast. Then I'm going to hang out tonight and you know, it's going to be a good day. But do we actually come to church thinking, I'm going to intentionally look to love other people in my church community with genuine affection. I'm not going to look to honor them this morning. Do we come with that heartbeat and that mindset? 1 John 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So at Family Church, we want to be a church that delights in honoring one another. Because honor brings strength, honor brings unity to what God wants to do in our life. So what does that actually practically look like? Because I can stand here and go, let's honour one another. What, what does that look like? It looks like believing the best. Believing the best of one another in our church community. Now, honour isn't blind, but it does believe the best. It hopes for the best. It speaks well of others. Honour refuses to gossip. Right? If, if we say we're going to be a church of honour... That means that we choose not to gossip about other people in our church community. In fact, we choose to gossip, we choose to gossip great things about what they're doing and who they are in Christ. It looks like serving one another. Again, if you want to know more on that, listen to last week's message that we will redefine what greatness really is. It looks like helping others with their needs, not dwelling on ours. It looks like thanking one another. Do you know, it's such a simple thing, but when we create a culture of gratitude in family church Haven, it continues. I'm not going to say it starts to because we've already got it, but it continues to transform the environment of who we are as a church community. When you go and pick up your kids and you just take a moment to say, Thank you so much for putting into my kids this morning. Do you know what difference that will make to the kids church leaders who have worked so hard this week preparing for your children and giving the very best of who they are? When we thank the worship team, when we thank the hosting team, when we thank all the different teams, the, the AV, because do you know what when, when you're at the back I've just this has come to me when you're at the back doing sound and AV here's my experience of working with those guys so well they're, they're never really thanked because all the time that it's going well we just presume oh it's okay the minute somebody is slow with the words or the sound goes wrong here's what the whole entire church does we're facing this way praising God all of a sudden and you're back there and they're like oh. you've suddenly got like a hundred eyes looking at you going you did the words too slow There was feedback on the mic. It's just human nature. But I'm making the point because how many times do we sort of go, great job this morning, thank you. It's something little, but it's creating a culture of gratitude in who we are as family, church, heaven. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Become inventive in how you can honor other people in this church community. Because it's a joy when you begin to live this way and when you begin to honor one another above yourselves. And then, at the end, and we'll bring this in now, as a result of honoring God and honoring each other, we then look out. We then choose to honor the world around us. You know, at Family Church, we want to have an impact in our local community for God. We're, we're desperate to see God continue, again, not start, but continue to do a work in this community that he has placed us in. And one of the ways we do that is by showing honor. Because remember, to show honor means to treat as valuable. Do we understand the value that Jesus places on the lost? Do we understand, really understand the value of what Jesus was saying when he told this story and he said there was a shepherd with a 100 sheep and he counted there was 99 and one was missing. And he left the 99 to go in search of the one. And, and we talked a lot about that bit, but here's the next bit that really gets me that he comes back with a sheep on his shoulder, celebrating because that one which was lost has now been found. Do we understand the value that Jesus places on the lost? Because when we do, we will do whatever we can to honor the world around us and honor those who don't yet know the love of jesus as we have the privilege of knowing amen yeah. so we're to look up helen you can come up we're to look up and honor god we're to look alongside and honor each other and we're to look out and honor the church the world out there the lost and dying world let me just wrap up by asking you a question again where do we need to recapture the principle of honor For some of you it's in your marriage for some of you it's to do with your relationships with your family for some of you it's in your neighbourhood or in your workplace for some of you it's towards leaders for some of you it's towards church family it's to do with God some of you and I want us to be thinking on that you know not just to preach it now but to be thinking about that this week and let the Holy Spirit challenge us where do we need to recapture the principle of honour here's another question I want to ask you when was the last time you actively looked to honor somebody? Because we've created this culture, not in church, but in society at large, where it, it's too, we, we don't go there. We don't honor one another. We love to delight and dishonor in dishonoring one another, but we don't want to stand out from the crowd by honoring other people. When was the last time you actively looked to honor somebody in your life? Because we've all been there. We've all been at funerals, right, where somebody stands up and says, what an amazing person that person was or this person was. And then sometimes you hear them say something along the lines of this. And it breaks my heart every time I say, I wish I could have said this to them when they were alive. The truth is they could have. But so often pride got in the way of that. Or sometimes just an inaction or... They weren't intentional about being a person of honour. Let's live life looking around intentionally. Now, not flattery because the Bible says not to flatter, but intentionally looking to honour one another and honour people in our lives. What if we became a people of honour and made it our goal to honour others above ourselves? Because remember, honour is not necessarily about what they deserve. It says more about you than the person that you are choosing to honour. We are honorable why because that's what god demonstrated to us right but the bible says this that while we were still sinners christ died for us in other words when you had nothing to honor god when you were an enemy of his the bible says when you were far from him the bible says that god chose to value you to highly esteem your life to place so much value upon your life that it would cost him the life of his one and only son that the blood spilled by his son would cause you to be brought back into relationship with him that's how much God values you that's how much honour God places upon your life that's how much he highly esteems your life and now by his Word and through his spirit he calls us to go and do likewise and be a people of honour in our world around us let's just close our eyes this morning as we wrap up a service and I want to do two things as we close this morning firstly I want to give an opportunity for anybody who hasn't responded to what God did for you and what I've just spoken about but while we were still sinners while she were far from him the Bible says that God sent his son to live a perfect life and to live a sacrificial death so that you could be brought back into relationship with him as he always intended for your life. Firstly, I want to give an opportunity for anybody who's never responded to the gospel. What does gospel mean? It simply means good news. And here's the good news. God loves you. God wants you a relationship with you. And everything that previously prevented you from having that relationship has been dealt with through his son, Jesus Christ. And so today we want to give you an opportunity just to begin that relationship and you know, there's going to be a big journey ahead of you after this, but it's okay because not only do we want to introduce you to Jesus, we want to teach you about Jesus and help you learn of him as well. So I'm going to pray a prayer this morning. And if you're sat in a seat saying, yeah, that, that's me this morning, then just receive this prayer But I'm praying on your behalf and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I thank you that you valued me so much that you would stop at nothing to be in relationship with me. Lord, I know that I've made mistakes. I know that my life is not in the right place. But today I want to change that. Today I want to give you my future. I ask that you forgive my sin. I ask that you make me brand new in this moment. And I thank you that I know you and will have relationship with you all the days of my life. Amen. if that's you today just make that decision in your heart Jesus I need you Jesus I want you thank you for this new life that you're offering me today and if that's you and you're making that decision then after the service what I want to encourage you to do is just to go towards actually towards the front come to the front just as people pack up the chairs and stuff and just say to me or to Taffy or to somebody that you saw this morning just say I I made that decision because we want to give you some tools to help you and we just want to pray with you as you begin that journey but also I want to give an opportunity in this moment just for us to respond to what God has been speaking through his word this morning and just in this moment just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about the message today Where do you need to recapture the principle of honour? And it probably doesn't take long for you to realise because as I was communicating it and as the Holy Spirit was speaking to you, even as the words were being shared, the Holy Spirit probably highlighted this area, this relationship, this person. And I just want to pray for you that you would make a decision today based on what the Holy Spirit has been prompting to you. Hear me again very clearly. It may not mean that you rebegin certain relationships that would be unhealthy for you to be in relationship with. But I'm talking about our heart condition, our honour that we have for those that God has called us to honour. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and it's active, it's sharp and a double-edged sword. And today as we've gathered around your word, Lord, I thank you that it's been doing something in our lives. It's been challenging us and shaping us and, and, and encouraging us and showing us your truth. And Lord, I thank you that we wouldn't just gather around your word and then go home and do nothing. Jesus, you made it clear that our lives are built on rock when we hear your words and put them into practice. You use James to encourage us not to just be hearers of the Word, but to also be doers of the Word as well. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would not only challenge us this morning, but you would strengthen us and help us and be our guide and our teacher as we learn more of what it is to honour people in our lives. Lord, may we make decisions today that will change our future because of people we chose to honour according to your truth and according to your instructions. Lord, obedience isn't always easy, but we know that there's always blessing the other side of it. So thank you, Lord, that you challenge us and you shape us to be people of honour. And Lord, over this church community, Father, I thank you for what we have. God, we rejoice in this this family, this community. We just love what you've created here in Family Church Haven. But God, we don't just want to sit back and rest where we're at. We want to be even better at honouring one another, at loving one another, as we spoke of last week, serving one another. Lord, may we be a church that when people walk in from the outside who don't yet know you, that they would say, there is something radically different about these people. May, Lord, the love that we have for one another be a testimony of what you are doing in and through our lives lord may people come in and say they are just super servants they are just people who love one another they are people who honor one another above themselves and lord may all of that bring glory not to our name but to your name may all of that bring salvation to those who don't yet know you lord may the way that we live as a church community have an impact in the world of those who don't yet know you and love you. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the kids and all that they've learned. Thank you for the conversations that we're about to have over tea and coffee. Thank you for everybody who served this morning to make this morning what it is. And God, may we live out of what you've taught us today into the week. God, we speak blessing over every single person and household. May everything that they put their hand to this week be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise this morning.